Yo, good day, gents, and welcome to another episode of Father's Fire. My name is Tony Cedric, because you know, and every week we get together to explore the joys, the challenges, the triumphs, the sorrows, and yes, the fun of being a dad. And today was kind of a challenge because my wife sent me a little message. She's like, hey, could you take care of dinner? So in my mind, I'm like, all right, March uh, 7th, you know, it should be good enough for a barbecue. And I actually barbecue all winter. So yeah. I go out there and get some fried chicken, get the barbecue going, and it starts snowing on me. <laughs> 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 and then I'm halfway done, and I run out of propane. <laughs> so I ended up That's having to pull that. it into the house and bake it and so yeah, it's just one of those days, and and you can hear I have somebody as a guest. He's laughing at me in the background. <laughs> Kirk Evans, how are you? Good, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah, well, I appreciate you taking the time to visit. You and I've been trying to do this for a number of months, and I appreciate yeah, that you yeah. finally made some time for me. So, well, I mean, it's life, brother. I mean, things happen, you know, and uh, it didn't work out, and you you a lot of time, and all of a sudden that. That a lot allotment comes uh, spreads out to two or three months, right? So I know it's like <laughs> it's like sometimes you're you're in in the game, sometimes you're running along the sidelines, yeah. and sometimes eight ball. you're That's running it. out of bounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so I appreciate you taking the time. Um, you and I have become. Uh, I, I, I'd almost say we've become friends over the past year and a half or so. I consider you a close friend. Absolutely. Yeah. We, 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 yeah. we bond at different capacities and different levels. And, and I've been lucky enough to, to call you a friend and meet you in the past. So it's been good. Been good. Yeah. It's, it's been fun, you know, and that's one of the things that I've really enjoyed over the three years that I've done this podcast, you know, I, it, you know, when I started out doing the podcast, my goal was to highlight and tell stories about my dad, my experience being a dad. I wanted to find other men who were trying to be good fathers or who were overcoming, you know, the past and mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to become a good dad, whether they sure. didn't have a dad or that they themselves had addiction or whatever that they were working through. And I'm like, you know what, you know, help me find men that are willing to share their story, their experience yeah. or insight and so I really appreciate you being willing to talk. So let's start out and let's just talk about your family a bit. And what's, what's your makeup? I tell you, you know, uh, growing up, I didn't come from a broken home. I was fortunate enough to have a, a father and mother that loved me very dearly. Uh, growing up until I was a young adult, I thought my father hated me. Okay. I thought he hated <laughs> me because he was a generation before me that was a hard worker uh, corrected criticism. And I thought that meant like he hated me. Like I thought he hated me for years and no, he just wanted me to be my best. So I was a mingle between generous generation X and millennials. So I was that, 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 that precus of, of, of generation. So, um, it developed me into who I was now. So I'm kind of hard nosed. I've got a mixture of the modern, uh, modern age and the old school way. And that's really dealt me into how I work and how I raise my children. Uh, I've got three kids. I got a beautiful wife that saved my life. Let me tell you what. Uh, watching my kids grow and develop into who they are today is uh, it's been a blessing. And I wish I could go back and recoup some of that time when they were babies, because you think they're uh, it's going to they're going to be babies forever. 
and you know you don't have any uh you don't really have any gauge of time at that particular time when they're babies you think it's going to be that like that forever and before you know it you know my oldest is in college and uh man i wish i could go back and spend time with them at a different time anytime they said hey daddy come check this out look at this look at this drawing look at this little picture look what i did I'm like, yeah, honey, I'm watching a show, and I ignored so many small things. Uh, I wish I could go back. Uh, I wish I could go back. And, you know, I got better. I got better as time went along. My son my son uh, was five years later, and my daughter was five years after that. So I figured out a little bit better at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that that first child, they're, they're kind of the... – they they get the worst version of you as a dad, but they you know, do. I mean, we grew up together, women. basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because just last week on Facebook, I posted a picture. Um, I was going back through the first year that we adopted our kids, and and mm. I'm so glad I did this. Mm. I kept, I created a blog. It was called Adopting Dad. WordPress.com, and I just. Every couple of weeks, I would talk about our experience as a family, the journey of going to Miami, getting the kids and the adjustments we had to make. And so I was you know, looking through these stories and reading them and seeing some of the pictures when the kids were eight, nine, 14. Yeah. And yeah. it's amazing how little they were. Right. And yeah. I posted on that. It's like, dude, I blinked and they were eight. I blinked again and they're all in college or moving out. And it really does go so fast. And when you're in the middle of it, you're like, oh, gosh, how am I going to survive? <laughs> mm-hmm. All you want to do is provide, right? You, you thought success was like, I'm busy. You know, I'm making money. I'm providing. Well, one thing I've learned personally is like you can't buy time. And knowing how much how much money I made, I can't reverse time. So I can't respend that time with my kids. And in each stage of, of childhood, is so uh, important as a father and as that child too. So I miss a lot of opportunities that I wish I would have went back. I wasn't absent. Don't get me wrong. I was, I was present. I was there and they molded my life. I mean, they, they really, that was my time. Uh, Any extra time was to my children, but I wish I could slow it down or redid some things, but that's like anything. I think, you know, you can, you can hyper critique yourself. You can develop yourself in someone that you're not, and uh, make you think you're less or more than than you were. And uh, I think I'm a good father, but I wish I would have uh, would have slowed down a little bit, you know. <laughs> yeah, I want to go back to to the beginning of our conversation to you and your dad. Yeah. When and how did you discover that your dad really did love you, and he that's just the way his parenting style was? Well, I think I always knew it, and. And uh, I never really knew my grandpa really well. Uh, he had some uh, uh, severe strokes by the time I knew him. So he wasn't really uh, vocal at that time. He was around, but I didn't I didn't see that transgression from grandfather to father to me, to son, you know. So right. I didn't understand how that went. So I just judged my dad and I thought he was being hard on me. He hated me. But uh, that was just a really naive, narrow viewpoint. I had no perspective. So uh as he pushed me to be more because he knew that I was more, you know, I, he knew that my talents, he saw me growing up and he had perspective. I had zero perspective. So uh, I thought he just hated me, but I learned that was cor- uh, corrective criticism. And 
even today, I even implement that to my employees and my children as well, too. Uh, and it's hard. It's hard to watch them break down and tear up and and uh, big crocodile tears in their eyes. And but I know it's for their well-being because I know they know I love them. Just like I know my dad loved me, too. And my mother, too, you know, but uh, my mom was uh, gentler. You know, she was more understanding. Dad was just rough and gruff. Right. You know, uh, he didn't want me to be, uh, you know, it's probably not the proper vernacular right now, but he didn't want me to be a, a sissy. You know, he didn't want me to be soft. And uh, I get that. So I was I was tough. I was raised tough. I'm tough to this day. And it, it gave me a, a vigilance to uh, persevere through daily challenges, not only through fatherhood, but through uh, society, uh, negative impact on society, how they come at me, uh, church life, uh, business, everything. So it really raised me to the man I am today. So let me ask you a question. So looking back at how your dad was a dad to you and gave mm -hmm. you cr constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. How have you, and have you is probably the better. Have you changed the delivery? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's one thing I said that, uh, you know, I was probably a little bit more soft uh, early on than I should have been. Cause I was like, I'm never going to be like my dad. Right. I'm never going to be that guy. <laughs> and uh, you know, to be fair, he was a stronger man than I am because he's able to deliver that to me harshly, which it was correct criticism. And uh, knowing that he had to be that way because I, I was just naive. And uh, yeah. he, he, he trained me to be harder and tougher and persevere through problems. And I was more gentle with my kids thinking that was a better way. I'm not sure if it was or not. I, I just don't know. You know, there's an analogy that uh, – uh, you know, soft time makes hard men, hard time makes, you know, you know, soft men, so on, so on and so forth. So um, he made it harder on me. I think he, he created a better individual in me. And I don't know if I passed that along as well because I softened up a little bit my children. So uh, each generation has Ellie, a little bit better, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I love that statement, right? Each generation has a little better, especially yeah, when you have, a solid foundation to build mm -hmm. on, right? You had, you were blessed yeah. with a dad in the home. He was present. Yeah. Yes. He was firm and he was strict. Mm -hmm. He was very direct. And sometimes yeah, you're like, was. man, do I even, did, yeah. does he even like me? Right. No, I didn't and know. So, yeah. Yeah. So now, now you're like going, all right, I, I see what my dad was trying to do and I'm trying to take the best of my dad but I'm also trying to implement it in a way that's comfortable for me mm -hmm. and comfortable yeah. for my kids. And like, sometimes the pendulum swings to the, to the other extreme and you're like, whoa, whoa, maybe I need to come back a little bit yeah. in the middle. And you gave a little bit of credit to your wife about saving your own. I, <laughs> I suspect that yeah. your, your wife had a lot to do with that swinging of the pendulum. Absolutely. Yeah. So not many, not many people know that I was married prior to my current wife now. And uh, I thought I knew her, my ex-wife as an individual. Uh, I thought I loved her, uh, but she was, uh, I'm not going to talk negative about her, but uh, she made me realize that not everybody is what they are at face value. So after that divorce and that split, that's where my first child came from, my oldest child now. And I realized that 
not everybody's at face value for a long time. I was on the path of destruction. What I mean by that was uh, I gave all my kids, but if I was in public, I was angry. I was holding a grudge. I have a chip on my shoulder. So, uh, you know, we went out. Uh, if I went out, I was, I was picking fights. I was screaming, yelling. I was really, really rough uh, on the surface. And that wasn't who I was in my heart, but I was protecting myself because I got hurt so bad. I didn't know what hurt was until that happened. And that was tough. That was a tough realization to happen. Uh, I grew up in martial arts, you know, so I fought uh, a lot. Uh, you know, that was kind of second nature to me. So uh, as I entered adulthood and I got my heart broken, that's all I knew was defense. So I was very defensive to everybody, whether it be a female or male or anything. I wasn't abusive. I, I'm not saying I beat up anybody, but I was... Uh, I was gruff, you know, I was, I wasn't my best self. Um, luckily God had a different plan. I think it was divine intervention that sent me my current wife now that really pulled me out of that slump of that Valley. And I think everything's seasons, right? You know, I think we go through seasons for a purpose and we're built for a purpose. We have, uh, we have a reason to help others at a certain capacity. And I think God sent me my current wife now that we have our kids with now that made me uh, understand a better life, uh, you know, who, who people were as an individual. And I didn't have to judge everybody off that initial experience of the marriage. So it was, it was quite an adjustment. So I think one of the things that a lot of men struggle with, especially when they've been hurt by someone that they've opened their heart to, right. <laughs> their go-to response is to put up a wall mm -hmm. and go on the defensive or in your case, in many other men's case, they go on the offensive, right? So everything's mm -hmm. an offense. Everything's an affront. And it's not that you're really offended. You're just afraid. Uh, afraid. That you're right. going to get your, your heart broken again. It's oh, yeah. like, And so how did you walk that path of learning how to trust again, to open your heart again, and ultimately become a gentler person, you know, as you're walking through life. Uh, let me tell you, it wasn't easy. It didn't happen overnight. Even when I met my wife and, I, and I know it was God sent because she was so patient with me and she put up with so much with me and saw something that I no longer saw myself. And, uh, and a lot of that was, uh, uh, was faith. I mean, she did have faith in a higher power that I forgot about. I was raised in church and uh, I remember those uh, nuances of, uh, of faith and love and compassion. I forgot them. After my first wife destroyed who I was as an individual, I lost who I was as a man. And I was a young man at the time, but I forgot who I was. And uh, when I met my current wife now, when we were dating, you know, she went to church for years and uh, she was following Christ, had a family in, in, uh, in church and, uh, you know, her father and mother was a great support system for me at first, but I just didn't go. Uh, I didn't submit to that. And really, I have to say uh, the main shift to me that happened uh, was when I turned my life over to Christ at that time. That was that was the changing point. It really was. It didn't happen overnight. It happened a little bit at a time. So the changes happened a little at a time. So uh, God started sculpting to me into who he created me to be you know he started uh, erasing those doubts 
uh, those subconscious thoughts that, that, you know, Satan probably puts in my mind and my heart thinking I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough to do these things. And, uh, but, but God reminded me who he built me to be, who, who the gifts he gave me that I have an opportunity to impact not only my current family, but extended friends and uh, acquaintances I meet in the, in, in the future. And uh, one day when we pass along, maybe I'll find that out. But, and that's how I live my life today is, uh, is, is faith, uh, faith driven. So nothing, nothing is insurmountable if you're driven by faith. Right. So yeah, uh, God changed my life. Let me tell you, uh, that's, that's my testimony. It really is. I mean, it's a lot deeper than that and I can go on for hours, but that's really the, that's really the basics of it. Well, and I love that, you know, that you're willing to share, you know, this, this was my journey and mm -hmm. this is my testimony. Sure. And there was a nugget in there that I think is really important. And that nugget is, is that we become a better man little by little, moment by moment, right? And a lot of times we get frustrated with where we are and we don't see the actual changes that have been taking place. Little yeah. by little, moment by moment, conversation by conversation. And I remember, you know, one time when I was on a 50-miler hike with the kids and uh, with my son Christian and, and the scouts at, in, in our church. And we were, I mean, we were climbing up this hill. And I mean, it was steep, right? And, <laughs> and it was easy if I looked up to be discouraged, right? And yeah, instead yeah, yeah. of going, all right. I'm going to look at every single step, make sure every step is in the right place and right, just get yeah. into a rhythm. Right. And all of a sudden you're climbing up this mountain and we reach this plateau. And then you look back and you look how far you've come. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the way life is as yeah. we're growing as men, as husbands, as fathers. A lot of times we're looking up the mountain going, I want to be this and I'm not here. And how am I going to get here? And when mm -hmm. we focus on each little step of progress, next thing we wake up and we're not the man we were when we started the journey. Yeah. We're someone yeah. new. We, we forget to bask. We, yeah. We forget to bask in the moment. You know, we forget to like take a moment and look around, you know, and society has a lot to do with that, like confining us men to a space, I think, because uh, they expect us to be, we're built how God made us, okay? So we're supposed to be leaders and dominant. We're supposed to be hunters. We're supposed to be protectors. But society puts us in a box where those are toxic traits, right? So being protective or aggressive is toxic. And I don't think that's true. That's how we were built. We're supposed to be, we're supposed to beat our chest a little bit. A certain capacity and it's a balance, you know, so we should protect our wife or kids and our loved ones. And uh, society currently has put us in a box where they shame that, you know, it's like, well, you need to back down a little bit. And uh, I don't particularly agree with all of that right now. There's a balance. I think life has a balance. I think everything does. And uh, I want to pass that along with my kids. Like it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be angry, but it's how you act on your anger. It's okay to be sad, but it's what you do next. You know, it's okay to fall down at the bottom, but it's what you do next that defines you as, as, as a human being. Not as a man, but in general, everybody. And that's why I teach my kids now. I said, I tell my son because I get him as, you know, he's a male. So when he, he's going through puberty, he's 14 years old. 
And, uh, you know, when he gets angry and he's like, oh, I'm so angry. I'm like, it's okay, son. You can be angry, but it's what you do next that means the most. It's how you how you use that anger for a benefit. What do you learn from this anger? What's next? And anger is okay. Sadness is okay. Happiness is great, you know. Uh, but God says this too shall pass. So if you're at your high, this will pass. If you're at your low, this will pass. You know, everything's a season. So as you take that in stride, I think it's important to remember that it's just a moment in time. It's just a season. Like God makes seasons, four seasons out of the year. We also have those seasons as individuals as well. Yeah. I, I love that you're taking the time to allow your son to have space to be angry. But as importantly yeah. is to giving them space to embrace that anger, to embrace mm -hmm. that frustration, mm -hmm. going, all right, now what? What do we need to do with those feelings? Right. And I think a lot of young men struggle because they haven't been taught how to mm -hmm. navigate and embrace those feelings that are very real. They're very mm -hmm. raw. Yeah, and it's okay yeah. to have those feelings. Mm -hmm. But we haven't done a good job. And it sounds like you have in your family, uh, you've done a better job of teaching your son how to navigate those feelings into a positive direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If, if you shame the emotions, it, it, uh, it negates the real emotion. I mean, and they, uh, I know this by experience because uh, my dad was shamed. I'd be angry. So I, I thought that was a shameful act and I didn't know how to cope with it. I thought I was embarrassed to do that, you know, and if I was super happy and it really, it really controlled my emotions, my peaks as a whole. So if I was super sad, I just, I'm not allowed to be sad. I'm not allowed to be angry. I can't be super happy. So it, it just melatoned me. And I realized that's not the way to be. You know, it's okay to be angry, pour it out. If you don't, if you pour it out, you're holding a, a, a bomb, a fuse bomb right here in your face. It's going to blow up eventually. Right? So if you hold them all in, you can't, you can't control what's next. It's going to blow up. We're just humans. We're not superhuman. You know, we're God, we're not God figures. Uh, we're built to a certain capacity to be impasse, to absorb emotions and feelings and anger and, and love and all this. So we have to deal them. We have to deal with them as they're coming towards us. If we don't, eventually we're going to explode. And uh, I, 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 I deal with that today still as, you know, I'm 40 years old. I still deal with those, those heights, you know, I'm super yeah. angry. I just keep burying, burying, and I explode, you know, and uh, we just can't do that. We got to figure out how to vent that a little at a time so we can maintain at a certain capacity, right? Yeah, I, I and I like your analogy of that there's different seasons, and I think, you know, of the mm -hmm. scriptures that says there's a time to laugh, a time to dance, a time to mourn, mm -hmm. you know, and I think, you know, teaching our kids that, you know what, it's okay to be joyful and happy. It's okay yeah. to be sad and sorrowful. It's okay yeah. to be angry. It's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to be proud of who you've become along the journey. Yeah. Right. And empower, I think that empowers our kids it to does. embrace what it means to be a man, a woman, yeah. a young boy, a young girl. Right. And it's, helping them realize that it is a journey of discovery of who they are and mm -hmm. who they can become yeah. by teaching them how to embrace these seasons of life. Yeah. It's funny you bring that up in Ecclesiastes chapter three. It, 
it, it speaks of that as a time for war. There's a time for peace. There's a time for love. There's a time for hate. There's a time for everything. Okay. It's a balance. I mean, that's biblical, right? So God says that and he understands our emotions were created in his image. So he understands that as a core value. So there's no need to be ashamed of any of these things. If there's a time for all these things, I mean, Christ, even when he came into a tabernacle, he flipped the tables, right? You know, he was so angry. Anger is okay with purpose, you know, is how you deal with anger. So there's purpose behind all the emotions we have. And there's, there's a season for all those emotions, but you can't dwell in them. You can't be angry all the time or depressed all the time. That's not what we're called to do. That's not who, who we're built to be as, as men and women, as humans. That's not what we're created to be. So we're built for more. We're built to impact not only our current family, but once we master that, we're, we're built to uh, testify to, to other people so we can build them up too. That's, that's falling, that's tripping, that's in the mud, right? So we can lift them up so they can relate to us and say, Hey, other people's experience these problems too. And I think it's the purpose of this podcast. I really do that. We really need to make it real. We really need to make it like you're not alone in this. I don't care how yeah. dark it is right now. There's a light. There's a light at the end of this tunnel and, and it may see grim, but there's a tree right in front of your face, but there's a whole forest that you don't see right now. And other people yeah. can see it. So I think it's important differentiation between the two and understanding that there's more to it than the right now. There's a big picture and with purpose, right? Yeah. So looking back, cause so, so you have a 14 year old, how old are your kids? I've got a, uh, uh, she's about to turn 19 on 19th of March. That's my oldest. Okay. So I've got a 14 year old boy and I got a 10 year old girl. So they're pretty, they're pretty spaced out, you know, uh, about four but and a half you're, years. You're apart. right in the middle of of a lot of changes, right? Yeah, there's you, a lot. Happening. You know, yeah. your oldest is like on the edge of moving out. Your 14 yeah. year old's trying yeah. to figure out where he is, yeah. trying to figure yeah. out how he's going to become yeah. a man because those mm -hmm. changes start yeah. changing. You know, coming upon your body, your mind, your spirit. I mean, yeah. your emotions. Yeah, and then you got and that 10 year old. Right? So you're you're in you're in the fun season. I I really I'm gonna think of it, <laughs> right? I you know especially because we were so active as a family. I mean, we went to every single event, whether it was jazz concerts, the uh -huh. <laughs> you know, art exhibits, to cross country, to basketball, mm -hmm. the volleyball. I mean, it was yeah, and it's so much fun. So, looking, you know, considering where you are, right, and you're there's still a whole journey of learning that's about to slap you in the face. Right. But looking what you've gone through so far, what are some key things that you've discovered that you think are critical for men to do in their homes? I think you need to slow down and not overreact on every little circumstance and back up and get the whole picture, you know, because we can overreact what we don't realize as a father, every little bit, every little bit of overreaction has a larger impact on our children because they have no perspective. OK, they don't see that we're stressed. They don't see that we have a hard load that we mortgages do, electric is due, car payments do, all these things are due. They don't see that and they shouldn't. They shouldn't see that burden. But when they react to that because they were having a hard day, we shouldn't be as hard on them. I think, you know, we shouldn't pass down that stress because that's our responsibility. It's time for them to be kids. You know, they got plenty of times for stress. 
and bills and everything. So that's the main thing is not to pass the stress along. I'm not saying bottle it in, but there's a time to let it out. Okay. There's a time for everything. I think, I think there's a time to be stressed, but uh, kids need to be shielded from that to a certain capacity. They need to know it's real. They need to know that there's a responsibility, but they don't know that you're on wit's end, you know, because they need to understand that that, that stress doesn't pass on to them. That's not their responsibility. They shouldn't have to worry that uh, what, what are we going to do to pay the mortgage? They shouldn't have to worry about that. Right. And that's hard. It's hard not to pass that along. It's hard to put on a smile uh, and say, everything's okay, but they pick up on it. You know, children are empathetic, oh, yeah. right? They know when everything's not right. Uh, it's a balance. Everything's a balance. Life is a balance. Yeah. So, so how, how have you learned to temper yourself? I think with the experience, I guess I understand uh, when I lost my temper and I look back on it, I see uh, the impact it had with not only myself, but the, my family around me, my kids and how they looked at that. And they're going to understand that's, they're going to learn what's acceptable and not acceptable as they get older. So uh, whether you realize it or not, they're paying attention to you. They're, they're watching you. Uh, whether you're saying it or body language or what, they're human beings or small humans with their own personalities or their own thoughts and everything. And they're watching you, whether you want to want to know that or not every step of the way. So it's our responsibility to not mask everything, to make it real, make emotions real, but to regulate those. And that's tough. That's part of growing up, right? So uh, yeah. it's part of being a child, growing up to a man, learning to regulate those emotions, not to be embarrassed of them, but realize they're real emotions, but it's what you do next that means the most. So if I'm infuriated, I've got to learn that I can't go off and punch a hole through the wall. Okay. I got to be mad and then recoup and say, I'm mad, but what can I do next? And the kids see that. So that was really, it was the thought of what I'm passing on that really regulated me the most. Like what are my kids going to pick up from me next, you know, in their life when they get a wife or a girlfriend or, you know, best friend or whatever it is, it doesn't matter as they grow up. I, I want to know that they're, they're okay. Their emotions are okay, but how to regulate them too. And what's too much, what's overboard. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that. And as I was listening to you, I was thinking about an experience that I am not proud of, right? There was mm -hmm. a season in our life where things were really, really tough. And mm -hmm. there was an instance with my kids and, and I, blew my cool. I mean, I, I just blew my top straight mm -hmm. up. Sure. And, and I'm being loud. I'm being forceful. I'm mm -hmm. being domineering. I'm being verbally abusive. Right. And, sure. and I watched my son recoil and I go, why, why are you stepping back? And he's like, I'm afraid I'm going to get hit. Yeah, yeah, it breaks your and, heart. And right? that and that was that is not I I you know that's mm -hmm. not me, right? Yeah. That I'm not the dad that lashes out and and slaps my kids and, and no. all that, right? But that that just but it made me one, it just hit my heart. I mean, Breaks it just it. Yeah. stabbed my heart and just go, man, what the heck are you doing, Jody? Yeah. You're letting us you're letting a moment bring out mm -hmm. the worst in you. And you're losing control instead of 
grabbing hold of those emotions, those feelings, mm -hmm. and addressing them in a productive way. And immediately I said, I am so sorry. Yeah, you're just remorse. I, I, I just, I mean, I just, I literally was just breaking down with him and I'm like, I am so sorry. I, mm. at this moment, I clearly am not at my best and I never, ever want you to feel afraid of me. And mm -hmm. whether that mm. is afraid of me verbally or physically, that yeah. is not acceptable and you deserve yeah. better and I will be better as your father. And, you know, I, that was just a profound lesson for me. And mm -hmm. like I said, I'm not proud of it. I dude, sure. it was one of my, you know, not, not one of my pillar moments as a dad yeah. and as a man, as, as a human. Right. But I had to own it and I had to say, I'm sorry. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of times some men squash their children's hearts because one, they are dominating and two, if they are sorry, they never come and own yeah. their weakness. They never come and say, you know what? I was not at my best and I will be better. Will you forgive me? And I'm really, really sorry. Yeah, we, we, we all have faults and we're not perfect. And it's, it's important for the kids to understand that we're not perfect. Uh, and I go back on this, like what you do next. I mean, uh, they can be empathetic to the situation and it's like, I'm overreacting and I, and I know better and they don't. So they see that reaction and I'm guilty of the same thing. I think we all are. I, I think we all are. We're not perfect. There's no, there's no man or woman in the world that hasn't overreacted to the situation because we're overcome with emotion. That's just who we're built to be. And sometimes we just can't cope fast enough. We can't process fast enough and our emotions are way faster to react than our, our mind is. So yeah. unfortunately, we've got this hard impact, this hard emotion that hits us all at once and we overreact. And as, as we back up and get some perspective, we're like, wait a minute, I just affected everyone around me. You know, not just me, I blew up, but everyone else is watching me. And, and in your family dynamic too, they can see that and say, hey, wow, you know, I'm scared. You know, I'm hurt. I'm reclusing, right? I'm recalling up. And you don't want to have that impact on your children to be afraid of you because you're overreacting. You don't want them to think that they'll get the same reaction if they do the same thing. So it's a balance, man. It's, it's tough. It's tough not to do that. I'm guilty of it even today. It's, it's less often, you know, but it still happens. It still happens. Yeah, and it's tough. But I, I, think, I think the important thing is that when you have those moments – and you own those moments. You have to own and them. And you yeah. ask forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And then your kids see that you're being better. Yeah. They see what can be. And they mm -hmm. want to model that. But if you're saying I'm sorry. And then the next day doing the exact same thing. And the next day. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden you're sorry is going to resonate hollow in their hearts and they're not yeah. going to believe it. And they're it going to shut down. It right. doesn't mean anything. Right. Yeah. And so I think it's important for us men, you know, when we do make a mistake that we own it and we become better. Yeah. That we it's use not, that mistake and, and, be, and become more than we were at that moment. Yeah. It's not a mistake that def defines you as a human being or a man. Right. It's what you do next that defines you. 
So the children need to learn that as well. It's not what you do right then or how you overreact, but owning it. You're right. I mean, owning the situation and saying, hey, I'm wrong. Hey, I'm still right. I overreacted, but I still believe in what I said. You know, there's a balance. There's a, there's there's an understanding that the kids have to know because they don't have any perspective like we do. So we can't yeah. overreact and just shrug it off and not explain ourselves because all yeah. they see they can't read our mind. So all they see is the overreaction and the shrugging it off. So they're going to emulate that overreaction and shrugging off like it's nothing. They don't see the turmoil inside. So I think it's important to own it, to explain to them, I messed up. That was wrong. That's not okay. I should have handled it like this. Next time I'll do better. That's yeah. important. I love that. That's an important differentiation. Yeah. I love that. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking the time. We've gone deep yeah. down like three core discussion. I mean, we could go for an hour, <laughs> two hours easy, but I want to be yeah. respectful of your time because, because you said yeah. something at the beginning, you know, you're, you've been so busy and it's like when you're a rock to other people, it's easy to be busy, right? Especially when yeah. you have a servant and a loving heart, people know yeah. that they can turn to you. Yeah. And, and that's really, you know, what I'm hoping to create as we have these discussions, you know, to be open and share these stories so that other men know, you know what, you're not alone. You're not the yeah. only one that has weak moments that you're not at your best, but there also is a path yeah. to becoming a better husband, a better father. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's all about holding yourself accountable and going, you know what, I can be better and I will be better. And especially now I will be better with the grace of God as he walks with me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's called, a, I call it anyway. I don't know what it's called. I call it servant leadership. Okay. So there's a God above me and then it's me. I'm the head of the household and it's my, my wife and my children and are that. So there's, there's a hierarchy involved and uh, I, people need to know that depression's okay. It happens. Okay. But there's a way out. If you're living in darkness, it's Okay. There's a way out there, there. There's light at the end of the tunnel. There's a way out of everything. I don't care if you're rock bottom. The beautiful thing about rock bottom is you can't go any way but up, right? You just have to make that step. You have to make that climb. You have to make that conscious decision. I'm not going to be here anymore and move up. And uh, I think it's important. And, and you're right. And people do lean on me and I'm sure you and other individuals that are uh, a servant leadership that you're the rock to others because you feel indestructible, but we're not indestructible. We're, we're easily phase two. We're hurt. Uh, we're emotional and other people's uh, we're empath. So other people's emotions affect us just like it's happening to us, even though yeah, we can handle more, uh, but we have to do what God's built us to do. And we have breaking points too, but we can't just be, uh, the bobbing head. We can't just say yes. We can't have to be the yes man. Sometimes we have to say no. Sometimes we can't be the people pleaser because uh, it will rob us of our joy and our time and uh, our, our love too, because there's a balance like everything. There's a balance in helping. There's a balance in our personal life. Uh, everything has a balance. So it's yeah. important to differentiate between two or the three. Rather. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time. Guys, as, I, as I'm listening to you, I want to, to this conversation and reflecting on it, I want to invite you to go out to Barnes & Noble yeah. and Amazon. Go check out my book, Learn to Dance with the Currents of Life When You Feel Like You're Drowning, because mm -hmm. sometimes we feel like we're drowning. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I just love this conversation. It, it's given me a lot to think about that I will be thinking about. I want to thank you once again, Kirk, for joining me. And uh, please go give, uh, go love on your wife and uh, your well, kids yeah. and have a great, great day with them, man. Jody, I will tell you, you've had such a huge impact on not only my life, but many people's lives. And I want to commend you for what you do daily and the dedication you have, not only your time, but energy into bettering people's lives. It means a lot. Well, thanks, man. You know what? It's, and, and um, there's an impact. You know what? It's it's um, our perspective. It's all about it's all about having impact, right? We can we've all been yeah, through something, okay. and and sometimes we feel like we're alone. And if we can just we see if we can see a little bit of a blueprint that we can mm -hmm. implement in our life, right? Because my blueprint's not going to be exactly right for you, sure. But right. if you can take the lessons and go, you know what? That fits my personality. That yep. fits my situation. Now, then you build your own blueprint yeah. and then you become the blueprint for somebody else. And that's really what it's all about. Yeah. So, you can pick up on the nuances of each individual, the best of everybody and implement into your life. And let me tell you, you've got the impact, Jody, you're, you're impacting well, people's thanks, lives. Man. And I appreciate that. I see it happening. I appreciate it. Really do. Well, I, I have much respect it. for you. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And you guys that are tuning in, please remember to like, share, and subscribe. And you know we're going to check you same time, same bad channel just next week. Right here on Father's Fire. Yeah. Peace, guys.